Dominic, Dominic, Dominic. Highly contested. T3 on the track. The takes is high. Highly contested. It's getting wild. Highly contested. If you wanna talk the talk, then you better walk the walk. Get the facts, show the stats. Act like radios are off. The takes is high. Highly contested. It's getting wild. Highly contested. If you wanna talk the talk, then you better walk the walk. Get the facts, show the stats. Hello and welcome to Highly Contested. This podcast covers some of the hottest topics in the world of football and basketball, where our crew gives our highly contested takes on these topics and supports our takes with facts. I'm Andrew and I'm here with Joe today. Joe, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. How about yourself? I'm doing great, Joe. Had a long day, but a successful day, you know, got that truck that I was telling you about, put on my insurance plan. So... Did that, went to AT&T, found out a couple things, like you could trade in your phone, by the way, if it's a better phone, if it's a better iPhone than the iPhone 8, you can trade in your iPhone for an iPhone 12 and get $800 down, which is pretty interesting. Sounds like I'm advertising for AT&T, but I'm really not. I'm just pointing out something good. (laughs) Yeah, no free sponsors. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, some of today's featured topics include, how good can the Washington Wizards be if John Wall and Bradley Beal are healthy and together? Does Bill Belichick have a valid reason for the Patriots' struggles this season? And did the Giants get robbed on Monday Night Football? Let's dive headfirst into it here on Highly Contested. We're going to start with the NBA. The Washington Wizards point guard, John Wall, hasn't played a game in almost two years, dating back to the to December 26th of 2018. Now, the Wizards are going to test out whether or not their dynamic duo can be something like they once were. So, Joe, how good can the Wizards be if John Wall and Bradley Beal are healthy again? Yeah, I think John Wall and Bradley Beal proved in the past that they are very good players and they can take this team to the playoffs. But three times uh, when they went to the playoffs, they got beat in the semifinals and once in the first round. But though the more recent seasons, it's just been uh, just injuries to either both of them or just John Wall. Cause I know he's been, like you said, he hasn't played basketball in almost two seasons. So, this puts the reason why it they had like a down down seasons. It's because it puts pressure on either Bradley Bill as like their main focal point, or just the team itself. It puts a lot of pressure on them, and it makes them easier to beat because they just got to focus on that one point. But if I can see this team being a, a bottom C team, if John Wall. And Bradley Bill could stay healthy, but just mostly John Wall, if he can stay healthy. John, I don't think I could have agreed with you more, honestly, on that. <clears throat> Let's be real here. John Wall can help, and he can help a decent amount, but is it going to be enough to make them a strong consideration. I mean, we know that this, we know that the, the duo can perform somewhat in the playoffs. I mean, there's a reason why they made it to the two semifinal or not semifinal appearances, but um, 
second round appearances that they went and did. It's it's because it, what in both of those in both of those years when they made it to the semifinals, they were actually the bottom seed and they defeated the better seed in order to get there. So it's uh it's not it's not un, it's not something that they've never done before be a bottom seed team taking on a a, a topper a, a more upper seeded team and they've showed us before that they can you know be those underdogs that take down the opponents however they can't do it on a consistent enough basis because the team itself just isn't just isn't up to par with some of these other teams in the league and I think that's just going to be the difference maker. And I'm going to be completely honest with you, Joe. I don't see them playing together a lot. What are your? Do you see them playing together a lot this season? Because I don't see them playing together a lot this season. I feel like at some point, one of them, if not both, are going to get traded. Yeah, I could see them playing. It just all depends on is, do you know if John Wall is actually good to go? Or is he still uh, like in rehab or rehabbing his injuries or something. Do you know that? Supposedly, supposedly he's on track to return. That's, that's what the word, that's what the word is. Okay. So depending on when the season starts, we don't know that yet. Um, well, we will have to find out, but like you said, uh, I know there's talks. I think that Bradley Beal might get traded or another piece, but in order for this Wizards team to be successful, successful, John Wall needs to play and Bradley Beal needs to play together. Uh, those those were two stars that when they were in the playoffs, when they had those good years, you, you're like, oh, we need to guard him. You need to put a man on him. You can't leave him open, you know. Mm. Yeah, and Joe, you know, I'm going to – I'm looking at the East right now, and I just I, I want you to kind of like tell me we're gonna kind of like you know go down the list. So Joe, I want you to tell me as of right now the teams on paper as of right now. I mean, you know these first ones are gonna be pretty obvious, but just to go down the list, do you believe that with John Wall, you know, back to his former self, which again is a stretch in a sense to say. Do you believe that if John Wall is back to his former self and the, and is on and is playing for this Wizards team alongside Bradley Beal, do you believe that team on paper is better than the Milwaukee Bucks? Um, I don't think so. Just to, just because how the Heat played this season and how they made it to the playoffs, right? And so I'm just going to go down the list here, Joe. Too by the way. So okay. do you believe that they're better than the Raptors? Uh, that that's I see they're pretty close to the Raptors in playing because I know the Raptors have some uh old players, mm-hmm. but I could see I can't see the Wizards beating the Raptors like in a series out of five. I could see the Wizards beating them two times. You make a good point, Joe. I guess I shouldn't be talking about head to head. Um, let me, let me just ask you, I guess, about records. All right. Okay. So do you think, th- so I, I, I probably, I'd probably guess that you would say that the Bucks would have a better record, right? Yeah. Do you think that the Raptors would have a better record? Uh, yes. Yeah. Do you think that the Celtics will have a better record? Yeah. Do you think that the Heat will have a better record? Yes. Do you think that the 76ers will have a better record? Yes. 
So now we're starting to get, and I mean, I'll, I'll mention one more team, Joe. Do you think that the Nets will have a better record? Yeah. So, yeah. So now we're starting to get into, okay, so we have like the Bucks, we have the Celtics, the Heat, the Sixers, the Nets, and then even, and even, you know, the Raptors. So that's six teams right there that we mentioned that, you know, we both believe, because I believe that too. I believe everything you said too. We both believe that all six of those teams are going to have a better record. So essentially, um, if, if we're correct, then, you know, the best case scenario for them is to get the seventh seed. So it's, yeah. Like I I said, I see them getting a bottom seed like team. Mm-hmm. You know. And, you know, you still have the – we don't know what's going on with the Pacers as of yet, but, I mean, you know, you still have them because, you know, they were the number four seed last year. So, I mean, we'll see whether they fall off, but, you know, you still have them. Um, There's – there's you know, there's not – there's not really much else, but, I mean, I could see them being that lower seed team like you mentioned. And if they do, they're going to have to face one of those, like, better teams in the first round. I'm, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to do it. Yeah, I I don't know. It'll be hard. Like I said, it all's gonna it's all gonna have to fall on John Wall because yes, he is getting up in age. How old is he? Do you do you know on the top of your head? I can search that up. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, I if depending on how he is, I could see him um, being a Derrick Rose because you know after Derrick Rose's injuries, he's fell off a little bit. He went from team to team, but during the recent couple seasons. He's been almost like a Derrick Rose, how we used to see back in his younger days. But it's it's on and off sometimes, you know, with him. Mm. And thirty years old, by the way, Joe, thirty years old. Yeah, so he's kind of he's kind of around Derrick Rose's age. Mm. So, I, like I said, he, if if he could come out good this season, I believe he he's still that star player that we we still talk about. Yeah. I would agree with you. I, I think that that's the big question, though, whether or not he'll be able to do that. Because I think that this Wizards team, if they do end up playing him and they're noticing after 10, 15 games that he is not the player he used to be, I think that at that point, you're going to probably see maybe like interest uh, from other teams in Bradley Beal. And you'll probably see the Washington Wizards start to, you know, toss that line out and see which fish bites. Yeah, and you know maybe John if John Wall doesn't pan out for the Wizards in like like the first few months, trade him. He you never know a new scenery might be good for him. You know exactly. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see whether or not anybody takes that contract though, because uh, I mean I don't know if you remember, but he had one of the heftiest contracts in basketball, and as of right now, it's looking like you know it's it's looking like a big disappointment for the Wizards. Yeah. All right, we're going to switch it to the NFL. The Patriots, after going 2-1 and one to start the season, have now lost four straight to earn them a 2-5 and five record in the NFL. After their recent loss, New England head coach Bill Belichick opened up, saying, we sold out and won three Super Bowls, played in a fourth, and played in an AFC championship game. This year, we have less to work with. It's not an excuse. It's just the facts. So, Joe, does Bill Belichick have a valid reason for the Patriots' struggles this season? So, so you, everyone knows how what how I how, what I said about the Patriots before the NFL season started how they're how they're going to be the struggling, but now 
they are struggling. They're struggling to get wins. Cam is struggling, like how I predicted. But early on in the season, they were winning because how um, then no one's had film in of Cam Newton in Bill Belichick's system. Now that there's more film out on him, look what's happening. They're losing games. Cam is uncomfortable. He's fumbling the ball, throwing interceptions. And even prior to that, some of the Patriots players went on the COVID list and they didn't want to play. So that that, that excludes them. But it's funny, it's funny how Bill Belichick said that they sold out because it is kind of true. They paid a lot of players a good amount of money to be on the Patriots. And as you can see, it's kind of biting them in the ass. Yeah, Joe, I, again, I'm kind of with you, man. This is one of those things where you look at and you think, okay, teams, they did well in the beginning. And I think the reason why they did well is because it was this new team. It was like, what's going on with this team? We don't really know. Bill, Bill Belichick has, you know, a crazy mind. And so he, he understands the skill level of Cam. He understands what Cam brings to the table and, you know, has tried his best to play for play with Cam's strengths. But, you know, unfortunately, as you mentioned, many players opted out of the of this NFL season. Then you had multiple injuries to the core of the offense of the Patriots, including uh, and technically this isn't an injury, but, it you know, it's what that's what we're kind of calling it, it, including Cam, who caught COVID. And so we're seeing, you know, Cam trying to come back from this uh, from this battle with COVID-19 and he doesn't really have much to help him out with receiving. I mean, this past game versus the bills, he had no Julian Edelman, no Nikhil Harry. I mean, he was, he was throwing to people. I, you know, I don't even, I didn't even know still were in the league. You know what I mean? And I think Bill Belichick does have a reason, a valid reason the Patriots had to continuously ask Brady for a pay cut so they could have money. And I'm not saying that they're broke because they obviously have some extra cash now that Brady is no longer on the team, but they didn't sign any big names this off season. And now they're working with cam. Who's a completely different quarterback. The defense isn't performing as well as they did last year. I mean, you know, you can, talk about how, you know, a lot of those defensive players decided that they would opt out, you know, and that's, that is a big concern. But I mean, you know, if you look at, if, if you look at, you know, some of these receivers too, that Cam had to work with, especially uh, in this past, in this past game, Joe, you had Jacoby Myers, who is his top target with 10 targets. And he caught six of those targets, 58 yards. Okay. You had Demir Bird as his second highest, uh, as his second highest in receptions and targets, and you know then the rest. I mean, you have James White, Rex Burkhead, uh, you know Izo Zuber. Like some of these guys, it's like you know you're wondering, like, man, how is it that this? How is it that the, these guys even had a chance? And you know, it's just because of everything that's been going on with this Patriots team, whether it's like, you know, injuries, COVID, uh, people opting out in the beginning of the season. There's a lot that's, you know, going on. 
But let's be real. Everyone in the AFC has also gotten or is getting better. They're playing the toughest division in football as well in the NFC West. So not a ton of things are going Belichick's way. I think this is going to be a tough year for Patriots fans, but I believe that Belichick will have this team competing hard again next year. Um, I, I wouldn't say next year. I say more in like two to three years because he needs to rebuild that core again because he, uh, well, he, I think he, his offensive line is pretty good. I know, uh, some contracts might be going up pretty soon. Like, uh, Joe Thune is his contract is up in uh, next year, actually. So I know he was a big part of it, but he needs to rebuild that core. He needs to build chemistry with his quarterback. And I, I assume they might get one in the draft. Uh, we need to see about that. But it's going to take a few years for we so for, for we could see the Patriots in the playoffs again. I, I don't know, Joe, about that one. I will say because I'm, I'm. I mean, Cam isn't Cam isn't bad by any means. He's doing really well. I think you know when you consider like all the things that I mentioned, and you know considering that he caught COVID and everything, it's just you know I don't think he's doing poor. like. Remember, they were two and one, and their one loss was against the Seahawks in week two, which you know they were at the goal line on the last play of the game. And, you know, they just didn't, they just didn't, they just didn't cross the line for the score. So, I mean, really they could have easily been three and oh, but instead, you know, they're two and one and, you know, of course, Cam catches COVID and the team loses to the page to the chiefs. And, you know, Cam isn't really looking like himself all of a sudden. It's, I think a lot, you know, a lot of it, I think has to do with that kind of stuff. I feel like they, I feel like they can be good again next year, but only time will tell. I will say this, Joe. This is going to be the first year that we actually look heavily on who the Patriots draft, especially in the first and second rounds, because it the Patriots were one of those teams that it, like it, it didn't matter who they drafted. You knew they were going to be, you know, contending for a Super Bowl that year. And this is one of those years that, you know, we're legit going to be looking at them and saying, what are they going to do? How are they going to fix this? You know what I mean? Keeping it in the NFL, the New York Giants played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. The Giants led for most of the game, surprisingly, but they would fall short at the end off a two-point conversion play that originally was flagged for defensive pass interference, but the refs discussed it and picked the flag up after, making it the end of the game for the Giants. So, Joe... Did the Giants get robbed on Monday Night Football? No, the Giants didn't get robbed. That was uh, so close to, to call. The ball and the Bucks defender hit him at the same exact time. It was too close to call, like I said, and that's why they waved off the flag, and that was the right decision for the refs to group up and huddle to talk about the play, and I give props to the ref. That was a great call. Yeah, Joe, I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I think, you know, we agreed 
we agreed for most of the segment so far, but I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I think they did get robbed of a second attempt at a two-point conversion. According to the rulebook, pass interference is defined as a pass that is interfered by either team when any act by a player more than one yard beyond the line of scrimmage hinders an eligible player's opportunity to make a play on the ball. Defensive pass interference rules apply from the time the ball is thrown until the ball is touched after the throw. Article 2 of the rulebook explains in greater detail what a prohibited act is when the ball is in the air. But by the book, this should have been a defensive PI. I don't blame the rest for this because it's so fast, like you mentioned, Joe. It, it's, you know, you, you, you can't really tell from the naked eye. I mean, hell, I would have probably thrown the flag and, you know, I would have had to communicate with my referee team as well. But if you look at the replay, you will notice that the contact on the receiver came before the ball was touched by the defender's arm. By definition, it is defensive pass interference on the defender. Should it have earned them a second attempt at a two-point conversion? Yes, it should have. But I'm going to be real with you. The better question should be, does it even matter? Because Danny Dimes was Danny half a penny on that throw to Deion Lewis. It most definitely should have been two points. But the throw was so late that it allowed Antoine Winfield Jr. the opportunity to make a play on the ball. Winfield was coming in late to the play, and Dion was just wide open. And Joe, you got to make that throw. Oh yeah, definitely. You gotta you gotta put on the money when the time is right. And like you said, he was a little bit late, and that's what caused this controversy to go to the Bucks. Yeah, and I mean, Joe. I mean, let's. I'm gonna ask you a legitimate question. I want you to be real with me. All right. Tell me what you think. If you think if 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 this Giants team actually gets a second chance, do you really think that they're getting it? Um. Honestly, no, because the Bucks' defense uh, prior to this game was pretty good, and they showed glimpses of it during this game. But I believe the Bucks' defense would have stopped uh, Danny Dimes that second time. Yeah, and Joe, how many? I mean, let, let's look at this giant. You know, a lot, of, a lot of us, you know, here at Highly Contested, we, you know, we joke about this division, honestly. But you know, one of we've we've always looked at this Giants team and thought that they were not a great team on paper. Yesterday, they looked like they played a great game of football. Yesterday, they were playing like a great team on paper. And Danny and Daniel Jones just couldn't get it done for them. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know what Danny Dimes needs to do. He needs to sit down with his receivers or something, and they need to go over some routes because Danny Dimes, like you said, couldn't get it done. And he needs to be – if he wants to be that man in the Giants organization, he wants to be like an Eli, he needs to sit down with his receivers so he can get on point with them. Yeah, and Joe, the offense played great. The defense kept the kept this game to a low-scoring game. I mean, uh, sorry, when I say the offense, I'm referring to the, the offensive line. Yeah. That's my fault, yeah. But the line played great. They, I think they did a great job, honestly, not only running the ball, but protecting him enough to, you know, a, 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 based off of what we've seen that this Tampa Bay, this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, they're, they're a nasty defense, Joe. Oh, yeah. They love, 
they love to stop that run. And then they got some guys who can get after the quarterback. And I thought the offensive line did a great job. Mm, most definitely. They deserve some stakes or something, you know. Uh, yeah, Danny Dimes needs to be buying, too. Yep. <laughs> Danny, Dime, Danny Dimes needs to pull out them Danny Dollars. Yep. We're going to move to a different topic now in the NFL. Lamar Jackson has now played in multiple games on the big stage and has come up short multiple times. When the lights have been the brightest, teams have done a good job containing the MVP of last year when they have needed to. So, Joe, have teams figured out how to stop Lamar Jackson? I wouldn't say the NFL figured out the way to play uh, them. Um they're they're playing against they're they're losing against to better teams and winning against to average teams. The teams that they lost to, like the Chiefs and Steelers, which are the their only two losses, the Ravens got outplayed, and that happens. Uh, when that happens, the Ravens just gotta be prepared because it looks like they're unprepared and they're just getting ran over all of the field. And they need to play like how they used to, like last season. But I think the biggest reason how why they're playing like this is because it's a mental thing. They had a great last season a year ago, and your QB was on the cover of Madden. People are, are expecting them to play like they did last year when they just got to play football, play like how they are taught. Don't um, listen to the media. Just Focus on football and just play the game. Joe, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. You know, I'm not sure that that's the way I would word it. I'm not sure that I would say that he's been figured out. I think that it's just the same thing that everyone was worried about, though, whether or not he can win a game by throwing the football. His, uh, however, his stats are not in his favor at all. In games that are considered the big stage, Lamar has a record of one and six. Those games are the three games that he played versus the Chiefs. Although the first game, I don't like to count because it was his second career start. The then there were two games that he played versus the Steelers, and then there were his two playoff games. He has in those seven games nine pass touchdowns. Uh, 53% completion percentage, and 14 total turnovers. In the other 24 games that he's played, he is 23-1, and 47 pass touchdowns, has a 65% completion percentage, and 13 total turnovers. So let's, let's keep that in perspective for a bit, Joe. He's got more turnovers, more total turnovers in the seven big games than in his 24 other games. He does his job extremely well versus average to subpar teams, but he struggles to win against those better teams on bigger stages. What do you, I mean, what do you think, Joe? I mean, the stats kind of speak for themselves, but what are your thoughts are at least on that? Yeah, the stats do speak for themselves. And I agree, he needs to, uh, when his lights are bright, he is a little lackluster. And if he wants to improve on that, he has to play better. Obviously, he has to play better. Mm. You know, Joe, I will say this, though. It seems like he can do well when his team doesn't ask him to throw the ball often. However, he hasn't had the best receiving core, which is what I would argue for Lamar's sake. 
most of those bigger games he is forced to throw the ball for most of the game, and he's had a tough time doing that. I say get this man another weapon most uh, on the outside, and then we can discuss whether or not he can play in the big games, especially when his team needs him to come back from being down in the game. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I believe what you're saying. They do need another uh, receiver out there. I know they have Des Bryant on their practice squad. I don't know if they would activate him this season, but we'll see. Because I could see Des Bryant playing that slot position. And it, it since his name, the cornerbacks will guard him more closely because, you know, Des Bryant. So right. him playing that corner position, I think, would help. But if they need a bigger star, uh, it'll be pretty hard to see who would they go after. Yeah, Joe, I 100% agree with you, man. You know, that's why that's why they signed Des. And even, you know, he's only on the practice squad for right now, but if he gets any playing time in the NFL, well, that's another person you have to cover, you know what I mean? And we we know what Des is capable of. We know that he loves the moments where the lights are the brightest. So he would be a perfect receiver to throw to during those moments, you know? At this point in his career, I feel like he would be a solid possession receiver, you know, something something that Lamar could take advantage of um, on zone options uh, where, you know, where he can have, you know, Des Bryant kind of cut to an area that's like uh, in the softer zone coverages, in my opinion. I think that would be a good role for him. Yeah, I agree. And playing on that slot because Des Bryant does have good hands to catch the ball. And mm. he could be a reliable source for a Lamar Jackson could look to. 100% Joe, 100%. I'm with you on that one. I I say get the man the weapon that he needs. Lamar, by the way. Get Lamar the weapon that he needs. Then let's talk about whether teams have figured out to stop him. Yes, most definitely. All right, Joe. Next, we're going to go with your weekly pick for this Thursday night football. We got the Green Bay Packers against the decimated San Francisco 49ers. What are your thoughts, Joe? Yeah, this one was a pretty easy one, easy one due to the Niners injuries. I know Jimmy G is going to be out for quite some time and George Kittle is going to be out for quite some time as well. So, and, and Green Bay doesn't like losing two games in a row. So, Green Bay is going to win this one. Mm. Well, that's all the time we have for today, everyone here on Highly Contested. Thank you for joining us. We will post a podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so be sure to stay tuned, keep with it, and be prepared to be highly contested. Have a good one. Highly contested. Highly contested. Highly contested. Highly contested. Highly contested. Highly contested. How's it going, dummy? Dummy.